All right. I think we're ready to go here. And uh, <clears throat> if you can hear my kids through the floor, uh, they're playing in the basement. We made sure to lock them down there for a little bit here so uh, we could do this. And uh, hopefully you guys are getting on here and, and getting live with us. And uh, I know this is a little different. Uh, it's a little bit different than normal church. And so, but what I wanted to do today with the, with the services being canceled, we really want to just take a few minutes today and um, just kind of share some truths with you and share some things from the Word of God today. And so um, hopefully you're warm and uh, you're kind of locked down there at home, I know, but um, hopefully you're having a great time today. And uh, so I want to go to uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're just going to look at a couple of verses here this morning. Uh, as you're turning there and as people are getting on here, getting live, um, I want to share a couple of announcements that uh, the Forever Young Potluck that was going on today, uh, that is actually going to be moved to next Sunday. So just so you know about that, we are still doing that just next Sunday, as well as communion uh, will be next week as well. So don't forget about those two things. Um, so appreciate, uh, we had many that were already kind of coming out this morning, already making that trip out to the church. And so we really do appreciate uh, your faithfulness to want to be with us and to worship with us. And uh, again, we look forward to what the Lord has for us for this coming week. Um, don't forget, services obviously this week are going on Tuesday. We have our recovery, recovery ministry going on. And then also, uh, that's at 7. And then Wednesday at 6.45, we have our uh, midweek service for our Word of Life groups, for our teens, and for our adults. And so the adult group, we're going to be doing our distinct series, uh, continuing that study together. And so hopefully you can join us for that. Um, just again, a great week of ministry coming up, and uh, we look forward to you joining us there. So let's do this. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the text and talk for a little bit here. And uh, again, so thankful you're joining us here on Facebook and uh, getting in the Word with us together as the church. And so let's do this. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into the text. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, uh, for just all the ways in which you bless us and show us your grace. Father, we know that uh, this morning we are unable to meet together physically as the body of Christ, but I'm so thankful that your spirit can unite us uh, even when we're apart, even when we're not together in the same building. And so I pray, Lord, that as we spend just a few moments into your word as the body of Christ, I pray that you would bless it, that you would use it to glorify your name and to help us to see how we can be drawn closer to you this week. Uh, Father, again, we love you. We thank you for your salvation and all that you offer to us. And we pray, Lord, that anyone listening to this today or watching the video back later, that they will come to know Christ if they don't already through the teaching of your word. And so, Father, again, may you bless this time. May you just uh, be with this video and just allow it to be a great blessing to those that hear it. Uh, we love you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Um, and so if you want to turn there with me, We'd love to have you join us. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Um, I, I'm sorry, I misspoke. We're going to John first. John, that's why I'm so glad this is a video and it'll be kept forever online, all the mistakes. And so uh, John chapter 15. We will be going to 2 Timothy 2 in just a little bit. Uh, John chapter 15 and verse 7. John 15 and verse 7. Let's read the word of God. And see what he has for us today. It says in verse fifteen or chapter fifteen, verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, 
so shall you be my disciples. So here in John chapter 15, we're reading the famous passage on abiding in the vine, abiding in Christ, who is our vine. And he talks about the fact that we need to abide in him, in his person and in his presence. But he also says that we need to abide in his words. And so what does that mean when Jesus says abide in his words? And how can we do that? How can we produce fruit as his disciples and be a follower of Christ? He says the key in being a disciple of Christ is to abide in his word. And this is not a new principle. This is something common to scripture. David said in the Old Testament that he desired to meditate on the law of God day and night. This is the word of God for him. And so this idea of abiding in the word of God, uh, finding solace in the word of God, going to it for our strength and our support is nothing new with the people of God from the time of Adam and Eve walking in the garden to Jesus preaching this to us in John 15 or us today talking about how we can abide in the word of God. So how do we abide in Christ's words? How do we do that practically? Well, I believe we have to purposely give ourselves to the study of God's word. We have to purposely tell ourselves we are going to give ourselves to the study of God's word. And so now I'd like you to go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Again, if you're joining us today, uh, you're just now getting on. We so appreciate your time. And uh, we're just going to talk for a little bit here through the word of God today uh, as the church. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul, carrying this idea from David to Jesus to the church, gives us the same affirmation. Verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you read these words here, he says to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word approved here means pleasing or well-pleasing. And it's the idea of as a worker, as somebody that is working, we are pleasing God. We're doing all we can to please our Heavenly Father. The overall feel of the text is that of a farmer working in the field. This brings an idea of agriculture to the text. Somebody that's going out and putting in the effort and the work into the labors to have a pleasing result to please the one that owns the field. And so here, the field that we're talking about, what we're digging in, what we're working in, is the Word of God. Uh, this idea is not just one verse, but all of the Word of God. The word here for word is logos and represents the weight of Scripture, all of Scripture. Uh, it is different than just one verse at a time, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. There we find when Paul says to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There, that word means one verse, uh, kind of the right verse at the right time. Uh, this idea, what Paul says in 2 Timothy, is not just a singular verse, but all of Scripture. We're looking at all of Scripture to see how we can please our Heavenly Father in our studies. And so what are some things we need to consider as we study the Word of God? What are some principles that we can look at? Well, real quick, just a couple things. We need to be consistent. We need to be consistent. It takes time and effort to do the work that we are called to do. The farmer works with the harvest in mind, and during the daily routine, the everyday, the mundane, uh, the seemingly just endless tasks, he keeps focused on the harvest, on the goal of why he's doing this. And so we must keep our focus as well. We must stay focused on the Word of God and our studies and be consistent in being in the Word of God, taking the time to do that. Secondly, one thing that we can do as we're being consistent is to not get discouraged. Uh, when we search scripture and feel like we are kind of getting nothing from it, uh, we try and we, we search the Bible, we're looking for answers to something, and we feel like we're not getting anywhere. It can be so discouraging and so frustrating. 
we have to be consistent and remember that we keep digging and we keep praying and we keep looking into the word of God so that we could please the one that we are go our life goal is to please, which is Christ. And so as we're studying, we're consistent. We're looking into the word of God daily. We're praying daily. We're looking for that of what God would have us. Also, not just in being consistent, but we need to be careful. As we're studying the word of God, we need to be on guard against some things. Uh, there are three ways to interpret scripture, and I kind of walk through these with you just real quick. And I know there's a lot more to this content. And so if you have any questions about this, please feel free to email, email me, text me, uh, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you more about this uh, more in depth. But we need to be careful as we're being consistent in the word of God. There are three ways to interpret scripture. And many of you have heard these things before, at least a couple of them. But I want to share maybe something new with you today that I just discovered recently in the last couple of weeks of study. The first one many of us have heard is the word exegesis. Exegesis means uh, basically when we read a text, we're taking from the text what it means. We want the, the Bible to teach us what it means. So basically we draw from the passage the interpretation or what it means. The other form of interpretation is called eisegesis. Eisegesis means that we kind of put into the text what we think it means. And so what this means is... Um, if we have a cultural understanding of something or a preference on something, we read into the text what we think it means rather than letting the scripture tell us what it means. And so we're trying to understand scripture, but we're taking our own understanding and we're putting it into the text. Now, this isn't always done intentionally. Sometimes this is done just completely by accident, just because we're cultural beings and we, we read and we interpret things through our understanding. And so someone in Michigan might read a passage and interpret it one way. Somebody in Argentina might read a passage and interpret it differently because of their cultural background. These things, again, aren't intentional. They're not meant to happen. We don't do them because we want to misunderstand the Word of God. But it happens. And we need to be on guard against it. We need to always be praying for wisdom, that we are actually taking what the Scripture means for what it really means. But a third way we can interpret Scripture, and this is something that I just recently came across from Dr. Allen uh, at Dallas Theological Seminary in a class that he was doing on the book of Romans. And he mentioned an author from back, I believe, in the 60s that made this comment. And I thought it was very profound. You know, we think of exegesis and eisegesis, but Dr. Allen pointed out a third way of interpreting scripture that we, we do often, uh, but maybe we don't think about, and that's metagesis. Metagesis. Meta referring to the idea of metamorphosis, the idea of changing. And so here we have this meta-Jesus. So what is meta-Jesus? We basically change the meaning of the text because we don't like it. Now, I don't know about you, but there are many, many times where I've read a passage that convicted me, that made me feel like I needed to change some things in my life. And there's a temptation there. We can say, uh, you know, that's not really what that verse means, or I don't really like what that verse means. But really, at the end of the day, are we applying what it really means? And if we read a scripture, we know what it means. We know clearly what it means, but we change the meaning because we just aren't comfortable with it. I believe that's what the author was referring to, this idea of meta-Jesus. Um, one author went on to say, this intentional misuse and misunderstanding of scripture is one of the worst kinds of evils. To, to read the scripture and to put your own cultural understanding on it and your own thinking on what it means kind of unintentionally, changing it without even realizing it and then realizing there's a difference and going back and, and understanding scripture for what it means and coming to a right application. That's one thing. And that, that happens all the time, but to knowingly know, or to knowingly understand what the scripture means, 
to know what it says and then to willingly change it just because we don't like what it says. That truly is the worst kind of sin that we can commit, especially as followers of Christ. We must let Scripture lead us and not us try and lead Scripture. We must look at this word and say, as we're being consistent and as we're studying, God, what do you want me to know from this? Now, again, this takes some work. This takes some effort on our part. But the harvest of truth that we are endeavoring to receive is well worth all the work and all the effort that we are trying to do. When we are putting ourselves into the word of God and we are consistently asking God to show us his word, it takes time and it takes effort, but it is not meant to be hard for us. And in fact, we make it more difficult than it really needs to be. It's really just as simple as saying, God, what does your word say and how can I apply it to my life? And so as you're studying and as you're praying to these things, I want to encourage you, most importantly, we need to be consistent and we need to be careful. By the way, in being careful, I want to remind you, there are many people that might try to speak into your life in the area of spiritual wisdom or understanding scripture. Please be careful in what you listen to, in what you read, um, and always allow scripture to be the standard for everything that we are saying and doing. And so just be careful. Just because someone says they're a Christian author or, or it happens to be a preacher or a pastor that's teaching you these things, we must go back to the Word of God, which is the foundation of everything that we believe, and understand, is this really what Scripture says? Because again, some, even in ministry, with great intentions, might mislead people into a misunderstanding of Scripture. And, and so, I don't, again, I don't believe it's intentional. I don't believe they mean to do it, but we have to be careful that we are doing our part as followers of Christ to study the Word of God for ourselves and to be consistent, to be careful, but ultimately, and really finally, to be joyful. Uh, I don't know about you, but this is the hardest one for me to study the word of God consistently and carefully, but also joyfully. Uh, when you feel weighted down by the effort, we need to keep the joy in our focus. Remember, the ultimate goal in studying scripture is the abiding presence of Christ and to be like him. The abiding presence of Christ and to be like him. Go over just one chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read just two more verses really together. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, And that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, Paul says, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, perfectly, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What's the goal in studying the Word of God? Why do we want to be consistent in our studies? Why do we want to be careful in making sure that what we believe it means and what we think it means is really what it means? Because ultimately the goal is to be like Christ, to be in His presence and to know Him and to draw close to Him. And ultimately, the only way we're going to do that is by going to the Word of God and being changed by it, being made new by the Word of God which should bring us great joy. There's no greater joy than knowing Christ and being made like him. And so whatever draws us closer to him should bring us great joy. Yes, it takes effort and it takes work, but it should never feel like work. To draw close to your Savior should be a joyful experience. But also I feel that one way we can be joyful is to keep prayer as vital. If we keep prayer at the forefront of what we do in our scripture studies, we will have a joy that will pass all understanding. We need to seek the Holy Spirit's leading when studying John 16, 13. I encourage you to read it. 
and look into it, all of the chapter really, but just especially verse 13, when Jesus says the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth, that he will keep us focused on the word of God and teach us all things about Christ. This will keep the focus on the right mindset, which is that of joy. So I really want to kind of wrap up with just a real quick conclusion. Um, I know this is kind of a lot of information really quickly put together in a video, but I pray that as you go into your week this week, as you go into your day today, that you will be consistent in the Word of God and in the study of the Word of God, that you will be careful to make sure that, am I taking from the text what it really means, or am I reading into the text what I think it means? Or am I understanding the text, and I understand what it means, and I'm just going to change it willingly because I don't like it, because I just don't like what it means. I don't, I'm not comfortable with change. Let's be honest. There are some verses in the Word of God. There are some passages that really convict us. And they should convict us because this is a holy book. This book contains the truth of God's word, his standards, his way of living, his expectations. And when I read this book, I should see that, that I don't match up to this book in every area of life. James says it's like a mirror that we look into for cleansing and for purification. But let's be honest, when we look into the mirror, sometimes we may not like what we see. We may not like the imperfections or the dirt or the the sin that is in our lives. So what do we do? Do we just walk from the mirror and pretend everything's good and we think we're good? Or do we take the work, do we take the effort, and we allow the Holy Spirit of God to cleanse us and to wash us with his word and to make us new? This is not a works thing. This is not a read 10 verses a day to be a better Christian thing. This is simply, I want to be more like Christ. I want to abide in him. And as I abide in him, I abide in his words. So enjoy his word Enjoy abiding in him this week and seek to understand his word in a new way this week and allow him to change you and make you new. I really appreciate you guys joining us today. Um, again, I know this was a lot of content really kind of crammed together. If you have any questions about this video or about this talk today, please email me, uh, comment below. We'd love to hear how the message spoke to you today. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you through his word, uh, not just today or this morning, but really just in this time in your life. And endeavor today, endeavor this week, that you're going to be consistent in the Word of God. You're going to be careful, and you're going to be joyful. We pray that you'd have a great day today. We're going to close in prayer and ask the Lord to bless. And so would you bow with me in a word of prayer as we ask this Holy Spirit to lead? Heavenly Father, we pray that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us through your Holy Spirit. That we, this week, will be purposeful in studying your Word. Desiring to know you more, to be more like you but also be changed into your image through looking into the reflection of ourselves in your word and seeing how we can be changed and made new. Father, I know that this was a lot of information. I pray that you will use these words to encourage someone today. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in all these things as we, as your disciples, abide in you and you abide in us. Our, our goal, our desire is to produce fruit through your Holy Spirit that others will see the good work and glorify our Father which is in heaven. May we abide in you this week. May we be consistent in your word. May we be careful and guarded against anything that would lead us to a misunderstanding of your word. And may we be joyful. What a blessing your word is to us, Father. What a great joy it is to know that you've revealed yourself to us when you didn't have to. And so, Father, I pray that we would look into this word this week not as a chore, not as a have to, but as a desirable time to just grow in a relationship with you. Father, again, I pray that you are glorified in all of this. 
Thank you for today. Thank you for your grace and thank you for our great church. What an amazing body of people that have just come together so often to worship and to have joy, to celebrate Christ. And Father, I thank you for the privilege of being a part of this church. And I pray that you, again, would use us this week to share your gospel, to let people know you love them, you care for them, and that if they would trust in you, they could be saved for eternity from their sin, having an eternal relationship with you in heaven. Father, use us, use our words. Help us to dig into your word this week consistently and not to give up, not to change what it says, but to apply what it says to be more like you. We love you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You are or, ha, you are dismissed. See, that's what happens when you do church at home and you do normal church all the time. Have a great day. We'll see you guys Wednesday, and uh, God bless.